Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey everyone, quick note here at the beginning of uh, the episode. I, was, I just want to point out that at some point, uh, Jay's microphone starts sounding really, really terrible. And uh, we do eventually address that and, and, and fix it. So if it starts sounding horrible, just just bear with us. Or if you can't bear with us, then skip forward a few minutes and it eventually uh, gets better. But I just wanted to give that heads up so you aren't uh, instantly turned off when you hear how bad his mic starts sounding at about, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes in. What was that? Uh, sorry, I didn't what? That. What? 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 You got nothing, Robert. Hello, everybody. This is May 31st. I got things out of order this time. This is the Classic Gaming Podcast. This is, sorry, episode 162 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's episode is May 31st, 2021. We're doing kind of an impromptu episode this time because we just realized that, uh, that Jay has things going on tonight. And then after tonight, he has things going on for the next like month, pretty much. Uh, by things, I mean wow. So... Jay, how are you doing? Pretty good. I feel like that was a little bit of a jab. I'm not gonna lie. I feel, feel a little <laughs> that offended. That is not a jab. It's, I'm just joking. It's just the uh, I'm just being just shooting it straight. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes games come up and you have to devote your entire life to them, and I and I totally understand that. Yep. I was thinking, it's kind of like I was thinking about this morning. It's kind of like a bender. Like it's like oh, like <laughs> and what's nice too is I'm off work for the next uh, through next next week. So um, it's well, also nice did to you do ta- that. But you took. Did, are you off because of WoW? Yeah, yeah, hundred okay, percent. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, okay. uh, no, really, it's, it's it's. I'm really excited. Uh, obviously, today being Monday, tomorrow it goes live. So, well, <laughs> I say it goes live tomorrow, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> it, we'll see. It probably, probably uh, won't the, go up tomorrow. I think it'll probably be the following day if I had to guess for sure. So, is this but, a is this a expansion for Classic? Yeah, it's the first Warcraft? expansion for for Classic, which was it's called the Burning Crusade. It's the first expansion that came out. Uh, came out in like 2007. So this is a re-release of four, fourteen years later. Okay, uh, and it's really, really exciting. We have a uh, we formed a guild. I'm uh, actually leading a guild, which is which is pretty fun. And we have twenty four people. Uh, we need twenty five total. We have twenty four people, and of the twenty four, seventeen I know really well. It's people that I hang out with that oh, just cool. all kind of came together. So even you know, regardless of anything, I'm really excited just to spend time with everybody and, and you know, play through content, talk to everybody. And this week we're gonna go super hard. So it's gonna be fun. I'm in your Discord. I know. Pretty exciting, right? It's pretty. Oh, it's super exciting. People are super hyped right now. So, uh, nice. 
Um, so quick note to our listeners, we might be a little, well, we're going to be a little shorter than usual this time. If we sound like we're speeding things along at any point, uh, it's cause Jay has to head out in about an hour and a half, but I don't think we're going to, we're going to have to really, um, like skip too much stuff that we normally would have talked about because there's almost no news. We've only got two emails and then since we're not doing top fives anymore, obviously that cuts that section out. So we might not even really lose, lose out on anything. So, um, I just might talk about maybe like one game less than I would have otherwise. Yeah, but, and I just want to. Oh, sorry, God, Robert. No, I, I was trying to think of a segue. So you talk. Oh, you're good. I, I was just going to say, um, and, and reason it doesn't have to do with 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 games or anything. Today, today being Memorial Day, I'm going to spend some time with my family. My family decided to to do a party because my sister had her first kid this year, and um, all all of our families are kind of getting together. And oh, you probably don't know this yet. Uh, Lisa and I got married like a week, uh, a little over a week ago. A week from last no, Friday. Didn't. I swear to God. <laughs> you did. You've told me this you, one time a long time ago. You said, oh, we're engaged. I, uh, I thought you were engaged. Yeah, it's like eight That's years surprising. ago or something like that. I, I think I probably meant it like we more more or less might as well be engaged. Because like Lisa and I have just, we, we don't No, really... you put it on, you said it to like a whole group of people. And then you were like, just kidding or something like that. Oh, after okay, after okay, a couple hours. Okay. I was gonna say because I, I, I that wouldn't that doesn't sound like me, but also that could have been past me. But no, um, Lisa and I went and got married a little over a week ago. Did you uh, actually? I swear to God, okay. I, I can show you the marriage certificate. I can show you the picture. Yeah, I'll, Lisa, I'll please. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to email me those. Yeah, uh, do I send it to Class Games? <laughs> yeah, mail at classicgamespodcast.com. <laughs> uh, you like that? Um, no, so so that's part of it too. Is just spending some time with my family and just you know kind of celebrating a little bit. So. Um, did y'all like just do like a courthouse wedding? Like I gotta, you gotta tell me first off, why did the fuck didn't you tell me about this in the first place? Uh, <laughs> How honestly, I just learned about this right now. I'm sorry. I just, like, I, one I just... of my best friends got fucking married. <laughs> oh, Robert, you're so nice. Right, why you gotta, why you gotta make me blush like that? <laughs> no, uh, honestly, we, we've kept it pretty low key for a long time. And, and, uh, I, I just, I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't really like talking about, talking about myself too much, especially when it comes to things like that. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't really like being like the center of attention for things. So I haven't really told like an extensive amount of that. people. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, like most of the people we hang out on discord, most of them don't even know. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I just really haven't said anything to anybody. It's just, I don't know. I just don't really like brag about They're like, I, I don't know. It's not bragging, but I feel like it is. So that's just kind of, kind of what my perspective is. I know, but it's just kind of where my head is at. So, um, yeah, sorry. Well, now, you know, now everybody knows. So did you, I'm sorry. I, I missed, did you say you did do a courthouse wedding or like marriage or did you just have like a small, did you do any sort of ceremony? We, we just did at the courthouse. Uh, okay, we are okay. going to do, we're going to do like a small uh, reception in July. Cause my, my younger brother lives in Texas and he'll be here for uh, like a month. So during that time, we're going to do some form of reception. Nothing crazy. We're just going to get, uh, have barbecue, hang out in my parents' backyard and just, you know, eat food and talk and stuff. Nothing. nothing when are you stuff. doing that? Do you know when in July? uh july i don't know i don't know i think july 2nd something around that i think i think we have the date confirmed um i can confirm i can find out and let you know yeah because uh <laughs> i mean if you're having a bunch of people if this is not just a family thing i would be happy to to fly down for that it, it actually will be it okay is okay it's just family yeah. thing okay yeah sorry i should have clarified that yeah it, it's literally going to be lisa's family and my family oh, okay. um no, it's gonna I be like a total like, <laughs> don't want to come to that I appreciate the offer, though. I mean, and, and if you're if you're ever in town again, I'd be love to go get dinner or you know whatever. We could go to an arcade. And... Dude, we're gonna more do more than just get dinner if I come to town. That's true. <laughs> Listen, you gotta start somewhere. 
Um, but yeah, so so that's uh, that's part of the reason why for today as well is just you know just kind of celebrating and hanging out and stuff. So so when did this happen again? You said a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was the twenty first, so a week from last Friday. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we were we were well, kind congrats. of congrats. Thank you. Yeah, we were kind of teetering for a while, and then things kind of lined up, and we set a date, and then started talking through with my family. It, it was really funny. Initially, we were just going to go get eloped, and then just apologize to our families afterwards, uh-huh. and uh, they didn't take that too well. So we had to uh, negotiate. I kept telling people we were negotiating with terrorists because it was uh, it was a lot of back and forth. But I will say, my family was very respectful, and I appreciate them very much for it because they could have been really like over the top, and they weren't. And neither was Lisa's family. So they weren't over the top, like angry. Is that they what weren't. you're saying? Okay. They weren't, they weren't over the top with like, uh, with demands. Like my, I, I, you know, my dad wanted to be at the reception, or excuse me, at the, the actual ceremony. Like it was really minor stuff uh, at first. They were like, well, can we give speeches and like all the stuff? And Lisa, I'm like, no, none of that. Like we're not doing rings. We're not doing like, you know, super crazy dress attire. Like Lisa and I wore clothes that we had. Like we didn't want to do anything super extensive or costly just because we just don't really care that much. So uh, my uh-huh. family was really cool about it and I appreciate them for it. Well, did y'all ever, had y'all always planned on eventually getting married? Cause I, I never really asked cause I mean, I don't want to pry too much, but it see, I always just assumed good. that you weren't planning on getting married ever, but you like that y'all were going to stay together, but just not get married. Was that? Yeah, that's, that's a, a factual statement. Yeah. You're, you're spot on. Yeah. So we, we initially, we were not planning to for a long time, but um, Lisa, for those who don't know, is she's a really talented writer. She she graduated college with an English degree, and she is looking to um, actually quit her job and start writing at the end of this year. She's planning to um, just quit and just write full time. So oh, cool. She so part of the part of the thing is just so we can lock our finances in, um, and as well so that she can get on my insurance, um, which I've heard I, we can potentially do that without being married as well. But you know, so be it. So we just kind of want to get that done as well as we're probably going to buy a house together in the near future. So. Okay. I'm not really keen on buying a house with somebody unless there's some form of contract in place. And I, it just seems like the, the logical thing to do for it. So, okay. A lot of logical Damn. stuff. Not really a whole lot of, this like, is, I, I feel like yeah. I still have like a hundred questions to ask. Oh, ask away. I don't know what they are though. <laughs> now you can ask me anytime. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very comfortable talking about it. So, uh, that's awesome. That's great. That's, that's crazy. That's awesome. That's nuts. Thanks. And that's great. Yeah, we're very excited. Well, I guess that's it for this episode <laughs> of the Marriage Gaming Podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know where to. I don't know how to. I don't know where to go from here. We can talk uh, about Icewind Dale. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Well, are we talking about Icewind Dale? Oh, I guess we could. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. We're not going to. But we do. What we do need to say is that we've changed our game of the quarter to Icewind yes. Dale two. Uh, we decide. Well, yes, we decided that Guild Wars wasn't going to work out with this new for the same reason that. That we're not going to be able to record tomorrow because uh, the new WoW expansion is is coming out, and Jay didn't really think he would have time to put towards uh, another MMO, which uh, is probably good thinking. So we have changed our game of the quarter, which is also happens to be the next episode from now. Uh, it is going to be Icewind Dale two. So if you want to get in on get in on that, then play Icewind Dale two. Maybe do you think I don't know Jay? What do you think? Do you think? When it's your time to pick again, do you think you'll go back to Guild Wars, or uh, you think you, or you think you're just gonna? Yeah, pick probably. Something? At some point, I do want to play with you. I think it'd be really fun to play together because it's it's a really challenging MMO. Like I I really appreciate it, and it's very PVE driven. So I don't know how, excuse me, how playable it is right now. Just kind of given that I imagine the servers are, excuse me, pretty dead. But um, I think it'd be at, at some point as of right now, I would think so. 
but you know that could change okay. obviously so so we might still do guild wars in the future but yeah. as of for now the current game of the quarter which we will be discussing the the next episode after this one is Icewind Dale 2 uh, I think you and I have both put a few hours into it yeah. and uh, I'll, obviously I don't want to talk about it yet because I want to save that for next time but both of us are enjoying it so far yeah, I was going to say, that's probably the, the right thing to say. Yeah, and, and if anybody did purchase Guild Wars, let it, let us know. Obviously, we can schedule that as our next game of the quarter, just to be fair. Yeah, Jay will definitely pay um, you back for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah with, our, with our sponsorship money with Monster. Um, <laughs> Monster. <laughs> uh, but Icewind Dale, yeah, it, it is. I believe it's on sale or was on sale for like 5 or $10 um, as of like a couple days ago. Um, so I, I think I purchased it on GOG instead of Steam now. I started buying more things on GOG than Steam as much as I can. Yeah. I am getting so Steam is just driving me nuts, man. Like there's there's oh, some wow. really annoying things about it. I don't know. It's just like certain certain, certain times when I go on there, like there there I just have like challenges like trying to get into my account. And then uh, when I try to download games, like sometimes they don't work, especially if I'm in like offline mode. Cause I, I play a lot of uh, older games on my media PC now. Steam's not a big fan of you being offline, which everybody knows, but GOG is like so on board with it. GOG's like, oh, if you want to play offline, you know, it's what is it like DRM free, I think is it what it's called. Yeah, but I don't usually have problem with Steam either. I just, like, it'll try to connect the first time, and then I'm like, no, just go to offline mode, and then it does it with no problem. Sometimes mine works fine, and then other times it's like, oh, I have to do an update, or it's like, you haven't connected in a couple days, like, reconnect or whatever, and I'm like, okay, like, not a huge deal, but it's my media PC, which I don't keep constantly connected to the the internet, uh, especially right now, because I'm, like, swapping the Wi-Fi card in and out of it, but it's not, it's not a huge ordeal, but it's just, I really want to, I really love GOG. Like, I just have no complaints with GOG. It's actually crazy. Yeah, I tend to prefer GOG, but I don't. I don't. Per, for my use, I, I don't ever really have a problem with Steam. But I got you. I do like GOG how you because you can just download the install files, and I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about yeah, to say. Yeah, play By the way, we're, 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 we're. I think it's gonna be a pretty lengthy topic when we talk about it next week. I encourage anybody. Well, or not next, next week. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I encourage you guys. De- definitely worthwhile to look at. It's a. It's an incredible game so far. So. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I want to say more, but I don't want to. But I'm not. But I'm not going to say more than that. Um. All right, sweet. The, okay, so for news, the only oh one one thing I do have to tell you about. So Final Fantasy fourteen, um, mm-hmm. they had like a big, uh, I don't even know what it was called. Like, Event. huh? Event. Kind of, yeah. It was like a, not like a, I don't think it was like a fan festival. It was a, okay, here it is. It was called the Digital, okay, it is a fan festival. Digital Fan Festival. I didn't watch any of it. I just like kind of kind of kept up, not even closely, but kept up with a little bit of the news that came out of it. And uh, so this was around the middle of this month. So about two weeks ago they had it. One of the things they announced is a, Final Fantasy 14 guitar. <laughs> Excuse me. Final Fantasy 14 Fender Stratocaster if you know anything about uh guitars. It's a kind of a classic that, that that that's like one of the more popular like it's like a classic guitar. Um I own one. Just about everybody who's who plays guitar okay, eventually cool eventually seems to own one. Uh Hold on, let me find it. I'm going to show you it. It's coming out like at the end of this year, I think. Is this just like a promotional thing to promote the game? Is that the idea? Um, yeah, pretty much. It's just, I mean, I guess I don't know what the whole thought behind it is, but occasionally Fender they did this with uh, Fender made a, an Evangelion guitar last year, 
um, so so they so they so it's it's the it's the Japanese arm of Fender that does this, um, and so they're not new to like kind of doing these collaborations. Okay. So here I'm showing I'm going to show this to you. I'm here to tell you, Jay, this guitar. I'm putting it in our chat. It's actually badass. <laughs> Are you going to buy it or? I don't know. I'm like. It's got to uh, be stupid expensive. Right? I'm actually considering it. I'm sure it's stupid expensive. Oh, that is really cool. But I it, thought it was super like uh, weeby. I did too. I thought it was gonna like say Final Fantasy on it in yeah. big letters. Um, oh, I like the corners glowing. That's yeah, the good. corners are. That's that's. It's so so. It's a uh, it's a black guitar in the cor- in like one of the corners of the body. It's kind of like translucent blue sort of like a crystally blue kind of and then on another corner on one of the cutaways it's that same kind of look but it's purple instead and then the only other thing it has on it that's that's kind of like different is on the 12th fret where usually there's a there's a large fret marker there to kind of show you where it is uh it's the final fantasy 14 symbol which again doesn't say anything about final fantasy 14 it's just kind of like a fireball looking symbol yeah it doesn't scream that it's it's final fantasy i kind of appreciate that yeah if you didn't know if you didn't know, like, honestly, I don't even, if I had seen this without knowing, I might not have noticed. Yeah. Because, like, the Final Fantasy fourteen symbol is not something that you see all over the game or, like, all over no. even the launcher or anything like that. So, if I had seen this, um, it might have taken me a second to be like, where do I know that symbol from? Oh, yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen. So, it doesn't actually say Final Fantasy on it. Even if you're familiar with the game, you might not recognize it. And it otherwise, it just kind of looks really cool, I think. So uh, I think they actually did a really good job with this because it's something that, again, doesn't just say like Final Fantasy 14. Like I've seen yeah. watches. I, occasionally I'll get an email and it's like, check out the new Final Fantasy watch from, like, from no, Square Enix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First off, I'm like, no, thank you. Second off, I'm like, well, let me see it. And then it's just a watch that <laughs> says like Final Fantasy 7 remake, <laughs> you know, or oh. something something dumb like that on it. And that's... Just, just a sticker on top of a regular watch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but this actually looks super cool, I think. So th- that, that's just a funny kind of random bit of news that that was surprisingly awesome that, that came out of that. Yeah, 100%. That's super cool. Um, okay. Let's talk about let's talk about the games we've been playing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We got to talk about news first. Man, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all messed up. Huh? Are you caffeinated? I am. I just finished uh, some green tea. Oh, they're gonna say Monster Energy, our sponsor. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was the green tea mo- flavored Monster Energy drink, is what it's, I was saying. You somebody sent me this video where this guy drinks four thousand milligrams of co- of caffeine, and then I saw that. <laughs> I saw that in our in the in the in the Discord, right? Yeah, I was like, well, I, I was like, I, I gotta look at this. Like, I, what is going on with this? Yeah, uh, I could have told you what was gonna happen. You shat your ass off on the toilet and felt terrible for for a day. Like, that's anybody could have told you what, what's gonna happen if. Uh, that, that, what's funny is like I react uh, in a much more uh, minor circumstance, but the same like the same uh, symptoms that guy was experiencing when I drink a, a decent amount of caffeine. Not anymore because I don't drink much caffeine. But when I was, it was like certain days I would just be like, "That's how exactly how it feels." So I'm like. Wow, that's all it was, just amplified up, you know, but like two hundred times or whatever, five hundred. <laughs> yeah, two hundred times. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that that's an, just honestly an idiotic thing to do. It's like one step down from eating Tide Pods. Oh, I watched some guy eat thirty-two Big Macs this week. By the way, the guy <laughs> uh, he has the world record for the the most. He actually set the record again for the most Big Macs eaten in one sitting. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. That's pretty like, good. I think an hour, less than hours, like forty-five minutes or something. <laughs> I would Absolutely rather disgusting. do that than today because of that. Um, 
Me, the, for lunch today, uh, my daughter and I had a contest to see who could eat a tater tot the fastest. A tater tot, that's awesome. <laughs> I think How'd she, you do? Did you win? I, 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 so she went once and then I beat her time and then we did a couple more times and she actually ended up with the fastest time. It was like 3.4 seconds or something like that before she swallowed. I oh. think mine was like 3.9 seconds. Robert. You got to get those numbers up. I know. I, I do. I was honestly put to shame. I'm afraid to. I'm going to edit this out of the podcast, actually. <laughs> uh, real news. Switch. News, new Switch games for the. Uh, not new Switch games, but new games for Switch Online. The the NES and Super Nintendo Switch yep. Online thing. Uh, and they are. I forgot to have it pulled up. Please forgive me. Oh, please don't say. Okay, here we go. Joe and Mac. Spanky's Quest, Baseball Simulator, I assume this is uh, Baseball Simulator 1000, but it's it's written in like the European way where they use a dot instead of a comma, so it looks like it's just Baseball Simulator 1.000, or sorry, Super Baseball Simulator, forgive me. Um, this game, I actually remember playing with one of my friends. It is pretty cool. If I remember correctly, you have like kind of, uh, it's a baseball game, of course, but occasionally you can do kind of, uh, like supernatural things like cause lightning to strike when they throw a pitch or something like that. Interesting. Uh, I, it's something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a cool little game. What was the other one? Uh, NES. Oh gosh, it's in Japanese. I didn't pull up the correct thing to look at it. I just I just pulled up a video to go on. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, here we go. Thanks to the Reddit comments, Ninja Jaja Marukun for NES. Okay, <laughs> I got a video of it pulled up. All I see right now is a ninja riding a frog. So that that looks yeah, pretty badass. Attention. Yeah, exactly. Um. So that's the only Nintendo one. The other ones were all Super Nintendo, and I think I'm... Li- oh, oh, Magical Drop 2 is also one. That's a Super Nintendo one. It's kind of a... Uh, it looks like... Did you ever play... Oh, I think it's Bust-A-Move. Is that the one where you shoot the gem? It's like a Tetris kind of game, but you like shoot yeah. gems. It looks... Um, yeah. It looks, like, it looks like that. Okay. So uh, Joe and Mac, I think, will be the big one there for most people. The other ones, not not so much, but anyway, still always still cool to to see those added to see those things added oh. onto it. Okay, that's the only news I have. Let's talk about the games we've been playing. Jay, how many do you have to talk about? I'm just gonna talk about one for today. There's another one that I'm working through right now that I'll probably finish before I talk about it more in depth. To be honest. Okay. Um. Do you mind going first? Because I'll probably just t- I've got three or four, and I'll do three, and if. If I still have sure. a bunch of time, then I'll talk about the fourth one. If not, I'll, yeah, I'll just gauge on how much time we have left. Sounds good. Okay. I'm going to pull up the wiki real quick. Just get the date. Oh, it's on sale on GOG, too, according what to is? Google. Uh, this, so I played Might and Magic 8, Day of the Destroyer. I played this game for the podcast before. Uh, this is a 3DO game, or excuse me, 3DO made by 3DO, the company. Uh, that came out in 2000. Yeah, it came out in 2000 for PC. I didn't realize it came out for PS2. I might have to look at that at some point to see if it's see how it is because I've only played it on PC. I bet so it's pretty this, much the same thing, just ported, right? I don't know. I, I would think so, but it'd be kind of interesting to play this game with a controller as opposed to a mouse and keyboard because there's quite a bit of commands and stuff. I'd just be kind of curious to see oh, if it okay. 
translates well. Did you ever play? Uh, did you ever try to play like Command and Conquer or um, StarCraft on no, N64? No, no, <laughs> definitely not. I always love watching people play that. I'm like, how in the world are you playing this right now? <laughs> nope. uh, so I've talked about this game on the podcast before, and this is this is a, obviously it's a it's an RPG, uh, which is, as I said before is made by the 3DO company, and this is part of the Might and Magic series. Now there are obviously. I don't know if there's only two segments for the type of games that they make, but they obviously make the RPGs, which is the ones I think they do up through nine or 10. Um, I think if they do the might magic series and then they have the uh, heroes of might and magic, which I've talked about extensively in the podcast as well. The, uh, number eight for the RPG series is, is my favorite. And realistically, it's one of the only ones that I've actually played. Um, I played a couple of the other ones. I think I played nine and six a little bit, not, not enough to really talk about it, but I originally was going to play one of the other ones in the series, and I I looked through them. I watched uh, YouTube videos of, like people doing basic playthroughs, and it just didn't interest me at all. I, I don't know what it is about the other ones in the series because I know a lot of people are really big fans of oh. some of the other ones in the series. People are, like rave about the first couple ones, and I think I think part of that has to do with nostalgia because it's a really old style. Um, I imagine it'd be really hard to step into if you've never played it before. Yeah, this is like it, map it out on a on graph paper type dungeon crawler, yeah. correct? It originally, yes. Obviously, okay. now, but with with eight, it's it's much more extensive. Okay. You know, you you have you have like the full full deal going on. So I was going to play one of the other ones, and and I ended up just playing through eight again, and, and I actually played it and beat it again, and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, it's it's an excellent game, and there's there's a couple there's a variety of reasons why I really like this game. So one of the, the interesting things about this game is is in a lot of these styles of games, generally when you start the game, you can have a total of five party members. And a lot of these games, you you obviously build your party out, or you'll you know pick your starting member, and then you'll start to build your other characters along the way. This game does a little bit of like a hybrid variant. You basically custom make your your first character, and then throughout the game, you find people that you interact with, and when you you interact with them long enough, in a lot of cases, they'll join you, and then you can basically build your party throughout the game uh, based on you know the classes and and whatever whatever else you think is important. Uh, there's voice acting for all the the characters, which is it's actually kind of fun. I, I actually really I, I never realized how much I appreciate the the voice acting in this game, but some of the character the, the, the characters they don't have like extensive lines, right? Like I'm not talking about lines and lines of dialogue, but they might have like four or five different audio, uh, audio, audio cues, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. audio clips. Um, and some are really funny. Like they, they have some like really aggressive or pissed off sort of tones to them, which adds a little bit of, of uh, character development to them. And there's not a whole lot of character development uh, th that is not written. Majority of it is all written and it's not, anything super fascinating i mean the story is really basic it's it's basically um this guy which i don't really know how to describe him. he calls himself like the destroyer of worlds he basically comes into this town he creates this crystal and basically says like hey you're more or less which says like hey everybody's fucked like you basically need to you're all gonna die at a certain point and your quest is obviously typical save the world right like nothing nothing too crazy Whoa. there yeah right yeah like no, no nothing nothing new there but um it's kind of interesting because they, they in my magic they do a lot of a lot of things with like elemental planes which again they use that in this game as well where basically the idea is you need to go to the elemental planes and you know do work there meaning kill stuff or collect stuff and then ultimately you can go and, and kill the final boss so there's not really anything super extensive in terms of story but there is something i'll talk about um in just a little bit here which i've talked about before a little bit on the podcast as well but what do I like about this game? So building a party is really fun, uh, especially early on. So when you, when you pick your first character, there's a good variety of races and classes you can choose from. Uh, basically, each each race is locked to a specific class, right? 
right? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. so you basically, you kind of custom build the classes, sort of, but there's obviously a lot of restrictions to it. So, like, um, you're, you're a vampire, generally vampires can only be vampire, uh, what's called a vampire class, which means they have Makes specific sense. abilities to it. Um, yeah, it, realistically, your, your race more or less determines what class you're playing throughout the game. How do you feel about that? It it limits it a little bit, but at the same like it, it. But if you know about it going into it, it's not too bad. But it definitely does create a little bit of a cookie cutter mold. You can go a little bit in certain directions with them and be a little bit more creative. So like for instance, if you choose to make a um, necromancer, the necromancer you could specialize in fire or any of the other elements. You could also do dark specialization, uh, which means you're basically just putting a lot more points and effort into that specific school so that you can become stronger at it. Uh, you can also do things like if you want to uh, be really strong with with staves, you can do that on like a necromancer and they can be pretty strong with staves. Or if you want to do dagger now, there are limitations. So like the necromancer can only become like a, an expert at daggers, but he can become a master at staves. So it's like, well, I probably want to go staves in this case. Like you're not okay. going to make like a dark elf that wields like a two handed axe because he can only you know learn it. He can't even expert it. So there okay. are there are some guardrails there that give you some sort of suggestion on how you should do things. But uh, at the same time, you can be a little bit more creative about it. So I, my, the two things that I generally choose as my starting character is either... Actually, there's really three. One is the Dark Elf. The Dark Elf just kind of fills a lot of the needed gaps, especially in the early game. The reason is uh, the Night Elf has really... Or the Dark Elf, Night Elf... Sorry, I'm going to probably say them interchangeably, but they're kind of the same in my mind. Oh, there's two, oh Night Elf and Dark Elf are two different things? I... Uh, I don't know that they are. I just, I'm just, just want to clarify that in case, in case people had two different. Okay. Like, if I, I didn't understand. You're going to yeah. treat them as the same thing if they're not different. Exactly. Or if they, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, so Dark Elf has a really high personality, which allows it to be sort of your party leader. They can vendor stuff, meaning like trade stuff really easily. They even have a spell that you can uh, put points into that gives them even a, a higher uh, ability to barter. So they're a really great starting character. Uh, they also have a really good perception, which allows them to see traps. There are traps throughout this game everywhere. And the way that uh, you identify traps is if you have perception, you'll just see like this red lining in a certain area. Like you'll see it on the ground or on a wall or wherever it is. And in a lot of cases, it will either kill or severely damage you. So having the ability to perceive traps is incredibly important. Also, it also gives you access to things you wouldn't otherwise know that are there. This could be bonus quests. This could be extra loot. Um, this could be a variety of things. So if you don't have perception, especially in the early game, you'll miss out on things you didn't even know were there. And they're not like game changing. Like you're not going to be able to, it's not like you're not going to be able to beat the game, but it just makes the game a little bit easier um, in a sense. So perception is really nice. Disarm trap, pretty self-explanatory, but if you don't have disarm trap, uh, you're either going to again die to traps when you open treasure chest or doors, or uh, you may just get maimed severely. So, and, oh, really? and what, yeah, and it can even cause you as well is you may have to uh, just ignore chests for a little while because if your characters are low and you don't have mana and you can't rest, whatever it is, uh, you may have to skip chests because you just can't take the, the damage from it. So uh, that can be pretty, pretty detrimental to your party. Uh, so perception, disarm trap. He also has bow really early on, or yeah, you can do he or she to be honest, because you can have a male or female. But uh, okay. my character was the male, and they can also use bows. Ex uh, they can do it at a grand master level, and I think at master or higher they fire two arrows at a time, which is oh, pretty nice. darn nice. They're a really great character really early on, and they can also like do wield swords and, and do good damage. The troll. The reason I like the troll again is just it's a really strong frontline, and realistically. 
you don't necessarily have a frontline in this game. You have five characters, and their position does not determine whether or not they get hit when when if a mob swings at you or fires something at you. So, but it's really having a troll early on. They have regen, like self regeneration, so they heal pretty consistently over time. Especially with Grandmaster, it you can be in combat just like healing and healing and healing without even doing anything, which is pretty darn nice. Um, the troll's just kind of like a. I just want to beat things down. I don't think they have anything super extensive in terms of like utility like the Dark Elf, but they're just really meaty and they do a substantial amount of damage. The Minotaur, which is the third one that I do a lot, has high personality, does incredible damage. Uh, the Minotaur can be a Grandmaster at using an axe, a two-handed axe. And I think the this has like some some D&D elements to it, obviously, as, as most of these types of games do. But one of the stats you can get is if you get high enough in the ability to use your axe, the skill you have in it applies to your armor. So you can actually become tankier the more points you put into axes, which is awesome because it's like, well, do you want to put R, do you want to put points into plate or nail, or do you want to put points into axes? It's like, well, shit, I'm just going to put points into axes, do more damage, and become slightly tankier over time, which is which is pretty cool. Your audio is going to kind of go nuts. What was the last thing you said? Oh. Um, I was gonna say, in terms of like the priority of the ones that I that I generally choose, it's usually like Dark Elf, then Minotaur, and Troll. Like for for the starting characters, you can also do something like a Warrior, a Cleric, a Vampire, a Necromancer. I think that's it. I think that's all of them. Oh. Um, but yeah, so so early on, you get you get access to different characters. Like you'll get access to a Necromancer really early, a Cleric, a Vampire. And then ultimately you get access to a lot more characters throughout the game. You can also, you can't start with a dragon, but you can get a dragon later on. And dragons are are just ridiculously overpowered. They're generally, when you acquire them or when they join your party, they're considered to be like super high level and super strong. Um, they also have incredible utility because they can fly. They can identify items really easily uh, and a couple of different things. They also do incredible damage and they have really good AOE. Like they're just ridiculous. They're just super overpowered. So I played this time. I went into it with the mindset of I'm not going to use a dragon just because generally the dragon gives you just a, a just ridiculous edge throughout the game, especially sure. in, the, in the later parts of it. So uh, once you lock in your first character, you explore the first town. You understand that there are these pirates that are attacking, so you can go out and farm the pirates. You can start doing some of the quests in the city, and ultimately you start building up your party a little bit. Before you leave the first town, you'll have a party of four. Uh, like I said, you can get a cleric, necromancer, and vampire in town. You don't have to take any of them. You can actually leave them all there and go on by yourself. I will say you probably won't have a whole lot of success because yeah. this, this game's not super easy, especially early on. It's not really forgiving, and there are a lot of bullshit things that can happen that can ultimately kill you. Like what? Um, like I said before, traps, traps and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, if you see them, that can kill you. There's also a lot of mobs that are just really vicious and you really can't escape them. Like you can't just like kite them indefinitely. You'll be in a room and like the walls will come down or you know, whatever it is. Uh, and, and I will say the first island, which is called Dagger Rune Island, it's shaped like a dagger, and then there's like smaller islands that are shaped like blood droplets. Um at the end of it, you get to really your first dungeon, which is like this temple. There's puzzles throughout it. That are, they're not super complex. They're kind of they're a nice little uh, touch to it. And it's a nice variant to, you know, basically you go into the dungeon. It's very creepy. Hold on. Here, hold on. Here. Oh. Your, your mic is really starting to, to like, just... What, what, can you describe it for me? Yeah, like you're like... It sounds like they're you're talking through a pillow. Interesting. Um... I'm not moving at all, so I'm not sure what's causing it. Like everyone, like right now, like every once in a while, you get very clear. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder what's causing that. I don't know. Is it is it happening right now? Uh, kind of. <laughs> now it definitely is. I just moved the microphone away, so I, I it's that like might... right against my mouth right now. Huh? It's right against my mouth right now, so I'm not sure. Maybe it's else. like. Maybe it's too close then. Let me try. What like that? That sounds good so far. Okay, I'll it, leave it like that. It might have been like too. Maybe it was like cutting out because it was getting too much or something. Yes, I can't believe this technology is just such a pain in the ass. Twenty years later, it was like the same stuff when I used to do uh, broadcasting. Like it was the same shit we were dealing with like fifteen, twenty years ago. I just or not fifteen, ten years ago. I just I can't believe like it's not just like plug and play. You know, like I, I'm not moving. Like if you saw a picture, I haven't moved at all for like the last ten minutes. Like I'm sitting in one spot. Probably more than t- probably been like all week. You haven't moved. No, I mean, legitimately, I'm not moving at all, like, in terms of when I'm talking and stuff, because I just don't want to cause any, like, fluctuation in the volume or anything. Yeah. So, anyways, so... Um, One day I'm going to send you a mic. Um, this, this microphone's really nice. This is a different mic than I used previously, so... Is it a different one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just have really bad, bad luck with headsets and microphones. I don't know why. It's just something... Headsets. I guess I just spilled water on or something. Headsets and microphones? Yeah. Oh. Headsets in particular. Headsets are just disastrous i don't know anyways so one of the things that's really nice about this game is the music is pretty good it's i would say it's it's well above average it adds a nice little undertone to the scenery um it's nice it, the tracks aren't super extensively long but they are they run well enough i can't i can't I'm spot. i can barely even hear you now i, I don't know what to do I'm sitting in one spot. I don't know. I'm not moving at all. Um, move it away a little bit. Move it away and see if that does anything. Is that better? Yes. That's super far away. I mean, that's really far away. Uh, that sounds like a million times better. Okay. If I'll that, leave it as is. Like, if you can do this, if it's not a problem, please. No, it's, it's, it's on an arm, great. so I don't have to do anything. I don't have to change anything. It's, it's on an arm, okay. so wherever, wherever it works. Do this, definitely. This is... A, you, like, I'll, sh- I'll like give you a timestamp oh, to go check it out later. You. No, no, I know you believe me, but I just want you to hear like what, like how big of a difference it makes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go. This is great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. So I was gonna say the the music in this game is is well above average. It adds a nice little element to obviously the undertones of the game. Um, the tracks aren't super long, but they loop well together. Excuse me. They loop well enough to where you don't really notice it. You know, like certain tracks you play in older games where it has like a variant in you know, it's like a really loud one or it's like really exciting and then it lulls out and then yeah. you like hear the second it loops back around. Yeah. Yeah. So this game does a great job of, of smoothing that out to where it's a pretty, pretty continuous loop without, without you really noticing, um, especially when you get into the first dungeon. What, and what's, what I was going to talk about before is like the audio cues of your character. One of the funny things is, is one of your characters, it's your cleric. He'll, he'll walk it. When you walk into the first dungeon, the music starts and it's got like a really good eerie undertone to it. Oh, that's and cool. this game, when you enter buildings, like when you're going to go into a building, you get this really nice sort of um, visual, like really, really high graphic visual. It's kind of like a GIF. It's like basically a very short uh, video clip that is cycling, and it just adds a little bit more um, detail to where you're going. So it'll have like a short little blurb of like where you're going and, and what the, what it looks like. You know, it'll say like a really damp cave or like a, whatever it is, right? And it'll have like a nice little high graphic visual that just adds a little bit more before you go inside. 
And then once you step inside, the ear, ear music starts, and Frederick, who's the, the cleric, he's like, what's that strange smell? Like, it's it just, they do a great job of, of kind of alluding into it. And when you first walk into the dungeons, by the way, you can't see. You, you have a very limited radius because you need the ability to uh, either, you have to light a torch. Or excuse me, you have to use torchlight, which is a spell. So as I was talking about before with utility, there's a lot of utility in this game. So your necromancer has the ability to do uh, light torch or torchlight which gives you, obviously, a radius of light around you. He also has an ability called Wizard's Eye, which allows you to see reagents or items on the ground, so you can identify where they are. And based on his skill level, he can see other things as well, such as, like, mobs. So he can actually tell you where the mobs are, so it gives you a little bit, like, a strategic element there. Um, the cleric can give a million different blesses, like, uh, excuse me, like, buffs, like, bless. Oh, cool. Um, regeneration, you know. And, and, oh, I forgot to mention this to you. I want to I wanna actually show you a picture of this. I like when you can just, like, buff the hell out of your characters. Yeah, exactly. And what's cool is, like, uh, again, the cleric has four bodies of magic. It's, like, light, spirit, body, and something else. Um, but what's cool about this, they do this... Uh, I was showing this to Lisa. The spellbooks in this game are amazing. They have these really, really cool visuals in them that are very well detailed, especially compared to the rest of the game. I'm trying to find a good screenshot of... This isn't a really good one. Let me see if I can find a Necromancer one. Come on. Oh, this will work. This will work. So the spell books, when you open them up, uh, and, and so two th one thing I should clarify here, this game can either be played in real time where you basically are just trading blows based on your character's speed and all that fun stuff, or you can actually play this in turn-based where basically you go, then they go, and you go based on your speed, and, and you can go in rotations. I've never played the turn-based style because I, I just really like the, the, real, the real time of this game. It's always oh, been really exciting do. to me. So when you, when you play this game, when you open your spell book, the game pauses for a second so you can kind of think. And if you look, I just Wait, put does it only pause here. for a second or it pauses as long as it's open? It pauses as long as you need. If okay. you're opening your spell book to determine what spell you're going to use, it pauses until you're ready to keep going. Okay. So I just, I just posted an image here. This isn't like the best one, but like you'll see, like I really like the images for these. In a lot of cases, you can understand what is going on just based on the visual. So like the upper left one, which is like a, basically it's a male helm with a mace with a flail hitting it. It's stunned. The turtle below it, that's slow. Oh, I see. Okay. These are the like pages inside the, the book that we're looking at. Yeah. Exactly. Telekinesis and then stone skin and then earth resistance and then swarm at the bottom right. Yeah. So cool. and, and each of the spell books has their own unique one. I was trying to find one more detailed because there are some really, really, really cool spell books. Like, I, I wish I could find it for you, but um, it, it's awesome. And so uh, as you get on, as you progress in the game, like you get Armageddon, which is just basically like a mushroom cloud, like a nuke mushroom cloud. I love the spell book. I love as I as you accumulate more spells, it's so fun to just look in here. And it's also exciting because it's kind of like a completionist mentality. Because if you look at this, like you're basically just like mapping out this spell book, and this is only one page for one character, right? So there's yeah. obviously extensive amount of spells. I, I don't want to oversell it and act like all these spells are good. Majority of them aren't that great. Uh, some of them are pretty useless, but there are some obviously some really powerful ones as well. That's so, cool. Yeah, I really like it. And so so as you're going through the dungeon, there's all these different spells you can use. You know, you have a set amount of mana, you can rest. Um, and then your characters have abilities. So I talked about like staves, dagger, daggers. Um, you also have like, armor. You can use like bows, different magic. But there's also some sort of like um, just utility-based ones, sort of uh, uncategorized. So there's like identify item, which allows your characters to identify items on the spot, which is great because if you get a good item, you want to use it quickly, right? So if your character can't identify it, they'll literally just be like, I don't know. Like, I can't identify it. Like, they'll just tell you, like, I can't do it. But <laughs> if they get it, and what's great is my, my necromancer, he's my primary identifier, he'll just be like, it's worthless. 
it's worthless. It's worthless. Like, he'll just tell you. And if you get something good, he's like, ah, useful tool. Like, if it's something really good, which sometimes oh, cool. he's right, and sometimes he can fuck off, because some of the stuff he calls garbage are actually, like, really good items. He just he just doesn't know. Or maybe so, he just wants to be like, oh, yeah, just give this to me. It's trash. Yeah, right. I, I stacked my Necromancer heavily this game. I was just trying to get him to be as, as powerful as I could, so I was just pumping him with items. Uh, so, so you got fight item. The other one that's really fun in this game is alchemy. Alch I've always loved alchemy in this game for, for a variety of reasons. So alchemy, you basically can find reagents on the ground. Uh, you could take an empty vial, you put the reagent in there, and you get a color of a potion. You can get like yellow, blue, red, and then you can mix yellow and blue together to get green or red and blue together to get purple, right? So you can mix all these different potions. They do different things. As you mix things correctly, you learn those potions and then you can make them for, for the future. Now, I will say uh, your inventory is one of those very large Excel spreadsheet grids. So it's like a 50 by 50 grid or something. A reagent takes one spot, a potion takes two spots. So as you can imagine, you can fill up your inventory very quickly with uh, reagents and potions. So that is one of the downsides to the alchemy system in this game. However, inventory management in this game is part of it, and I actually really enjoy it. I actually really do enjoy doing inventory management in this game. So uh, as you level up your alchemy skill, meaning you go from the basic to expert to master to grandmaster, you can mi mix more and more progressive potions. So essentially, you could take uh, those potions I talked about before, start mixing them and making um, what are called mixed potions and it's basically it looks like a swirl of the two colors that you put together so if you correctly mix a blue and an orange together well you get a blue and an orange orange mixtured potion and it's got a visual of a potion with a blue and orange center that is mixed and it has a unique effect to it right and you can learn all the different ones again because again you can mix all the ones that exist at the base level together to get these ones and then you can take all of those and mix those together and some of those are positive some of those are negative in terms of success or failure and they turn into what's called a white potion. And the white potions give your, your character a temporary bonus of some kind. It could be like stone skin. It could be a stat buff. It could be a variety of different things. And then you can take the white potions and mix those together to make black potions. And black potions, uh, they you, give you... You mix points. white potions together to make black? Well, it's magic. Come on. It's, a, it's fantasy. <laughs> okay. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, so the black potions give your character a permanent buff that affects your stats or a variety of different things. The challenge is two things. One, your, your character can only drink one black, black potion per game. So you have to be very selective on which per one you game? choose. Per game? Per yeah, game. Okay. Yeah. Because they're, they're insanely strong. Like, they give you, like, 50 Oh, strength. so it's like a permanent? Oh, okay. oh, oh yeah. okay. I see. I see. Yeah, because your character might have, like, you know, 60 agility or something, and the potion might give you 50 more. So that's, like, 110. Like, if you, <laughs> if you get enough really hot, you're just, you know, you're just yoked. So, uh, okay. So they're, they're nuts powerful. Yes. And the other thing is, though, they cause your character to age extensively. Uh, so which is kind of interesting. I've never really done much with it, but I definitely consumed a lot of black potions this run. And I did notice my character's age going up. I don't know if like your stats deteriorate at a certain point. I, I should have looked this up. I just thought about it. But um, I don't know if your stats deteriorate anything or if they die at a certain point or something. But they definitely age more aggressively once they start drinking black potions. Because there's actually a potion you can drink that helps you to lessen your aging. Wait, so, so how's, how's the aging work? How it you... just tells you. It's on like your character sheet. It tells you how old you are. And um, like how how much does a character age throughout the game? Uh, probably a, f a few to several years normally. And what kind of effects does that have? 
I don't know. That's what I was gonna say. I don't. I don't okay. know. I, I need to look it up to find out because I know that. Like, I get the feeling the game was trying to help you and warn you, like, hey, don't age too quickly. And I don't know what that means. Like, if your stats get lessened or something, or your characters just ultimately die. Uh, but my characters, like my starting character, I think he was like 18 when I started playing the game, and he was like 34 by the time I was done. I, I definitely aged like much faster than I should have been because, like, a, a day in that game is probably like I, I don't know an hour, roughly, okay. maybe. I, I, you sleep a lot, you rest a lot, so you know there's there's a chance that you you expedite that. But yeah, so alchemy system, it's really fun. And the other thing I should say is, if you mix a potion incorrectly or you don't have the skill to do it, the potion will explode. And it will damage that character in a lot. Of, it also moves your screen, which is kind of funny. So, like, the character will die a lot of times. And then the screen will, like, pan to the ground or something. Because it's just, like, the explosion caused your camera to pan away or whatever. Okay. Um, and one of the things I should clarify is your characters can get knocked unconscious. Meaning they have, like, slightly negative health. Or they can get killed. Where they basically go <laughs> to the... They basically get sent to the graveyard. And they either need to be resurrected through a spell or by, like, a, um, a church. Like, the church can resurrect your characters. When you die... Okay. Uh, in a lot of cases, your armor breaks, so you need somebody who has the ability to repair armor. So again, utility mechanics, so like there's different traits or different skills your characters can learn that are really beneficial to your um, your journey, right? Like having all these things at, at once is really, really nice to have. Yeah. Um, try, I talked about mercantile, which is just bartering ability. I think that's most of them. That's like most of the secondary skills. So yeah, as you progress through the game, you go through and do different quests. Um, you explore the world. There's a ton of different dungeons. You you get a lot of quests. The game doesn't give you a whole lot of... It gives you like a general idea of what, where you need to be going, uh, but it's not great. It is very easy to get stuck at times. I got stuck, even though I played this game before, a few times because I just couldn't remember exactly where I needed to go. There is a guy, which is nice. There is a guy who is in a house outside one of the first towns who you can talk to and you can say like, where do I go next? And he'll give you like a real kind of loose hint of where you need to go. And then if you say like, and he has a, you have a speech option that says, I lost it. And what he'll do is he'll give you any of the recent quest items you need to progress through the game. So if you accidentally sell or get rid of something, um, you can talk to him and say, I lost it. And then he'll give you the item back. If, if there's no item that you, you don't have that you need, he'll just say, you never had it. So like the game gives you like some light clues, but it doesn't like tell you like, oh, go to town, talk to this person, then go to this dungeon. Like it gives you a general idea of where you need to be going. That, do, do you find yourself lost very often? Like uh, not knowing where to go? I, I, if, if it was my first time playing, probably for sure. Unless you read everything as you're going through it. Uh -huh. Even this time playing, because I've beaten it a couple times before. There were a couple times when I struggled to figure out where to go. Um, and it was just, in a lot of cases, I was just moving too quickly and I forgot to finish like a, ch a dialogue option with somebody or, you know, something minor. Like in a lot of cases, it was just, I was moving too quickly. Gotcha. Um, this game ramps up very quickly. Early on, you can kind of go toe to toe with mobs and fight them and, and be in melee range with them. Later on, you cannot. You you basically you can try to be in melee range and do some damage, but my god, the the power level or the power creep just ramps up so fast, especially when you get to later parts of the game. Um, as I talked about before, you kind of have to go to the elemental planes, which is basically you go to these different planes, like the water one is underwater, unsurprisingly, and um, you your necromancer or your dragon can learn how to fly at a certain point. And if you don't have fly. I don't understand how you can even beat this game because there are when you go to the learn different to planes, fly. Yeah, you, you can learn how to fly, which you can't fly anywhere. You can fly in like in most areas. <laughs> Is um, it like Superman type flying, or like do you have something like some sort of vehicle or mount or something? No, it's it's like a spell. It's a spell that that allows you to fly. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, it, it's it's it was really nice. And what's what's cool about it is like, well, what's what's really shitty is if you're in the air and you get shot down. Like if somebody kills your necromancer while you're in the air, he's the one channeling it, so you just plummet to your death. And your characters, by the way, when they're falling, they scream. It's really fucking scary at times because they'll just be like, oh, and you're like, oh shit, like I'm I'm gonna die here. Okay. Uh, and your characters great. will tell you. Your characters will, will tell you like when they're in trouble. Like they'll be like, uh, you know, like they'll tell you like, oh, I'm I'm badly wounded. Like I need help. Like my cleric will be like, help me now. Like he'll tell you if he's like getting beat up or whatever. Then my favorite line is there's a character. My little brother and I quote this all the time. His name's Blazing Stormlance. Great name. He's <laughs> incredibly high level. And you, when you get him, you're like level 25, 26. He's 50. Like he's a, he's a substantially stronger dude. And when all the other party members die, he goes, no worries. I'm still alive. Like that's, that's, what, that's what he says when everyone else is dead. Like he's just that confident. He's a warrior. So, or our champion as they're called later on. <laughs> Uh, but there's some pretty good one-liners uh, that could come from the characters. And what's cool is when you when you make your character, by the way, you don't have to use the default voices that are associated with them. So you could use like a troll voice voice for like a dark elf, or you could even use like a vampire voice for a dark elf. Like whatever you want, you can mix and match it, which is, it's not bad. I thought it'd be really awkward at first, but in a lot of cases, it matches pretty well. Like it, there are some ones okay. that are pretty awkward and you definitely know it's there, but <laughs> some of the times you can come up with some pretty creative voices. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so as you go through the elemental planes, the, the, the power creep is just too much at times. You, you, there's so many mobs. Like I end up just skipping a lot of them and just flying to the item because you're you're there for like these gems in each one of the the four elemental planes. And in a lot of cases, you're just like sprinting your way through it. I will say the earth one is underground, unsurprisingly, and you can't fly. So you have to clear your way through it, uh, which can be really tough. And there are these mobs that there's a, there's a spell called Blade. I think it's called no, yeah, it's Blade. And it, it's they shoot this like it's it's an earth spell that shoots like a, a razor blade at you basically, and it makes a gunshot noise. And when I say a gunshot noise, like <laughs> if every other thing in the game is volume one hundred, this spell is like volume two fifty for some reason. <laughs> so you walk around a corner and it's just like boom, and you just your character will die or whatever it is. And if there's multiples of them, I remember as a kid, it would it would scare the shit out of me because I'd really? walk into a dungeon and I, and the mob is a pile of rocks. So you so in a lot of cases you don't even know it's there. <laughs> And then all of a sudden you just get hit by this blade spell and it's so loud. I don't know why they did it, but it's just so much louder than every other spell in the game. I don't know why. Uh, but when you're going through the earth place, you have to deal with these mobs. They're not too bad because if you're, if you have the right spells for it, like if you have earth resistance and a couple of things, you just kind of work your way through it. After you get the four, the four gems, um, you have to, you then go to what's called the plane between planes. And it's like this really fucked up, plane and and what it is right. it's basically like it's like the universe is kind of like failing and falling apart so all the mobs are like these abominable from like the darkest wretches of of uh space like these nice. really fucked up like thousand mouth blob type creatures like just really really bizarre looking things and there's a bunch all the elements are kind of like mixing together and so you're going through this place and you find out that basically kind of like this god lives there and yeah, as you're, when you're progressing through this plane, you find his armor and his, uh, on, on the ground. Well, I should say in the ground because it's massive. It's His sword is in the ground like halfway, and it's bigger than any building in the game by like five times. If you <laughs> any building in the game stacked up five times, his sword is halfway through the ground and it's tall. His helmet is the side, size of like two buildings stacked on top of one another. So Damn. you start to get the idea that you're in a really bizarre place. So you go to his labyrinth, as it's called, and it's this really long puzzle of all these doors and switches, and you fight all these mobs, and you talk to him, and he's just like, oh, it's you. Like, what do you want? You're like, uh, I'm here to stop you. And he's like, 
sure like good luck bro like you're not gonna do anything and you're like i'm here to stop you yeah he's he's like yeah he's like i destroy world like i'm literally destroying worlds i can do whatever i want i could crush your planet whenever i want i'm just here for a little bit to do this thing and you're like well i'm gonna kill you he's like you know what let's do this i'll give you three riddles if you if you solve my three three riddles i'll fuck off okay so you get these three riddles i've read these off on the podcast before um oh i remember that okay i didn't know i didn't know that was from this game yeah, the three riddles. So, so once you solve the three riddles, um, he basically fucks off, and and the, he ultimately. What's funny is like what he doesn't realize is because he allows us to progress, we end up finding a way, sort of roundabout way, of killing him. In a way, it's it's kind of weird it, without going super far into the story, but basically he ends up dying, but he doesn't because he turns out to be a robot. <laughs> Which, a really big twist i was so surprised by this because this is like an older world type game kind of like the crusades type time with uh, fantasy right. yeah, yeah yeah so it's really surprising to see something like that like magic everywhere right like all that kind of stuff uh-huh. is everywhere but to see like this type of technology was kind of weird so i guess he's like some kind of alien was my kind of take on it i, I, I don't okay. really know but uh, I love the fact that they did with riddles because the combat in this game is very fun and I really appreciate it. But boss battles are basically you just like hacking and slashing your way through it, putting up spells occasionally. You know, there's not really anything super extensive to a boss battle. So having like a boss battle with a big giant thing would just be you kiting him in circles for 45 minutes and just burning it down. Right. So I was sure. really happy that they did something a little bit creative in terms of the riddles. The riddles are not that bad. I, I, I didn't enjoy them as much when I was younger. But now that I'm a little bit older, I got through them pretty quickly. And it wasn't based on what I remembered. It was just kind of based on the clues that were there. Uh, one of them was kind of dumb. The other two I thought were pretty good. So um, I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed the, the ending to it. So uh, all in all, this is a fantastic game. Uh, will I play any of the other games in my Magic series? I was about to Probably ask that. Not. Probably not. Maybe at some point I looked through them. And again, like if people have recommendations of ones they think I'll really like, if they played eight, let me know and I'll give it a shot. I almost bought nine. I watched somebody play through it. I almost bought six. I watched somebody play <laughs> through it. It looks it looks kind of fun, but it just doesn't have the same. It doesn't capture me the same way. There is something special about this game, and it may just be purely nostalgia because I played this as a child. But this game is, I really like it. I think there's a lot of really good elements to it. The The combat is great. The party development's great. I love progressing through all the different dungeons in the world. I love interacting with it. There also are some tough choices you have to make at a certain point between the different guilds. There's like a Necromancer's Guild. There's a Cleric's Guild. And they obviously hate each other. And when you're progressing throughout the game, you have to make certain decisions that will ultimately benefit or destroy one, one or the other. So, so you don't join them, but you're like... You things can that are... join them, I okay. think, to some extent. But like... At a certain point, you get quests that interact with them a little bit, and certain ones will change your reputation or, in certain cases, even destroy uh, the other ones, which okay. is kind of cool. It, there's light uh, ability to in- interact with the world in that regard. There's also a ton of secrets in this game, uh, ones that are obvious and other ones that are not. There are just randomly trees you can find in the world that are treasure chests that I've <laughs> accidentally found over the time just by hitting the, the use command. Just kind of walking through areas. So there's it, a imagine that, like, it's, imagine that in in lore, like, that means you just walked up to a tree and grabbed part of it to see if it would open up, and then it did. It's like <laughs> you just like knocking on everything. Like, Sounds hollow. <laughs> That's what I do yeah. when we go on hikes. Whenever we pass a tree, I'm like, let me just check. Well, have you ever gone geocaching before? Because that, that's what geocaching is. <laughs> I haven't, but that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this game, this game's fantastic. I, I really enjoy this. Uh, the, the scaling of your characters is really exciting. You know, as I talked about building your characters out, 
you know, I pumped my Dark Elf with with, with the ability to use bows. Oh, I didn't even talk about itemization. There's a <laughs> multitude of items throughout this game. Some of them are really great, and you'll get different things. Like, there, there's usually a really good balance of yin and yang when it comes to items. Like, if an item is super overpowered, like, it gives you, like, 50 strength, or 50 might, as it's called. It might have, like, 50 reduced stamina or health. Right, like they do a good job of balancing it out. There's a really powerful bow that I got at a certain point that does AoE explosive damage, which is super overpowered because there's not a ton of AoE in this game. But the problem is the bow, if you fire it too close, you can actually damage yourself. So they do a good job of balancing <laughs> Wait, that. The bow? Yeah, yeah, because it's explosive arrows. So oh, the, oh, oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it does like AoE. It does AoE effects, and it can actually impact your party. Uh, but when you get certain items, like my, there's a, there's an axe of Balthazar, I think is what it's called. And it's, it's, uh, it belongs to the Minotaur. It belongs to the Minotaur King. And you ultimately give it to him, uh, as an offering for, for something in the game. And at a certain point, if you have a Minotaur, uh, I forgot the, I think it's called the Grand Minotaur is the, is the evolved form, uh -huh. but he can actually get the axe. And when I got it, I was like, I wonder how powerful this is. It's crazy. Like when you get certain items or, or as you get like really powerful items, your characters start to do so much damage and it's really exciting to do different types of builds. I will say you could ultimately fuck yourself by putting yourself in like a really tough corner or putting points in things that aren't that great. But overall, the game is pretty... Um, it's pretty soft if, for the most part. If, if, if you do stupid things, like if you're playing like a a vampire and you try to put a bunch of points in something they can only expert you're probably going to have a bad time and you're not going to do really well okay. whereas if you like look at the things and understand where your characters can ultimately go within re within reason you can build out some pretty strong characters pretty easily and then just kind of go from there it's it's a lot of it's intuitive to be honest okay Damn. Think what else there's more i think that's kind of everything uh really fun game I, I really appreciate this game i've played through this game two three four times probably in my life um really enjoy it it's it's a great great installment of might magic if anybody has recommendations of ones that they've played they really like let me know i'll take a look at it i've looked at a lot of them already myself but i'm definitely open to look at some of the other ones in the series because like i really want to expand it to some of the other ones given that i like this game so much but you know yeah nice uh i'm kind of angry now because now i have to play this game <laughs> yeah when we were talking about it, you're like oh i kind of want to play that i was like i, I don't want to oversell this game but i really like it I, I when i was playing it when you and i were talking i was like ah, i feel like i'm overselling it to robert and then i finished it, i'm like i really like this game like i really do and, and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm crazy maybe it's maybe it's just kind of old school and it is nostalgia but i don't know i really really enjoy playing this game so, t tell me if this is accurate or, or not but based on like your description of it, it sounds kind of like one of those games that there's not a whole lot that's especially unique about it, but just all aspects of it are just done really well. Yeah, for the most part, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very traditional RPG at that time. Um, I don't think there's anything that does, like, exceptionally well, but it does a lot of things really good. Yeah, that's I think true. that's a fair statement. Well, uh, okay. I, I think, golly, I'm going to have to add this to the list. It's, it's, it's on the list. But I don't know when I'm going to get to it. <laughs> Okay, uh, I assume that's all you've got for this time. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have half as much to say about any of my games, but um, but let's see let's see what I can say about them. So I'm gonna so we got about thirty minutes left. I'm gonna leave us about fifteen at the end. For sorry for taking much time. No, 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 it's no problem at all. Um, I'm just trying. To, I'm just kind of planning this out in my head. We've got we have two emails. And then if we want to talk about any current gaming subcast stuff, we'll do that. So I'll leave 15 or 20 minutes, depending on like what point I end at on one of the games. And I'll just stop talking about my games and we'll go on to other stuff. 
Uh, but no, no, no. Yeah, that I I, I really enjoyed hearing all that because the game sounds like like tons of fun. Okay, so what? Pick a number one through four. Three. Three. Ah, Doom Two. Ooh. Doom Two came out. Uh, I don't have the dates for any of these. Nineteen ninety four. Obviously, it was PC. Um, but it's been obvious, also obviously ported to about two dozen other things since then. But, uh, so I don't know if you remember, but I, pl- I, I, I went back and, and played the original, Do- you know, I had, I had played both of these when I was younger, of course, but I played the original doom for the podcast, like two years ago, or maybe, God, it must've been probably about two years ago now. And, uh, and I really liked it. Like I was kind of expecting to be bored by it. Uh, but it held up extremely, you know, even though I really liked it at the time, I was like, you know, I don't, I, I doubt it's aged that well, but let's go back and see. But I really feel like it has aged pretty well. And I, and I really enjoyed it and played through the whole thing and beat it. And, uh, ever since then, I've been wanting to go back and, and give doom Two a shot. See if it holds up as well there. I feel like the way sequels used to work, um, is, a, is kind of different to how, we view sequels nowadays as far as video games go. Tell, tell me if this is true for you, but I feel like back in the olden days when a sequel to anything came out, even if it was on the same console or the same, you know, even if it needed to run on basically the same PC specs, there was always some sort of like major improvement to where it wasn't just, okay, here's a co- like a new, a couple new systems added to the game, but it's, but and may, you know maybe the story goes on, but it was more like, oh well, they figured out how to make these games better. They figured out how to do graphics better in the meantime. Yep. Um, they they figured out how to add just more variety of stuff in the meantime. Whereas nowadays, there's less emphasis on that. And yes, usually in a sequel, you do get new things and some improved stuff. But it, but it's more a matter of continuing the story and maybe kind of like tweaking stuff and not so much like improving stuff. I don't know. Is that, do you think that's a fair take or is, or am I off on that? No, I think you're spot on. I think the only thing I'd add to that, and this is one of my, my big, not to go down a rabbit hole, but one of my biggest complaints with games today is uh, the focus around graphics. Like back in the day when, when new games come out, yeah, graphics would obviously get better in a lot of cases, but in a lot of cases, the gameplay would get substantially better or the customization or, you know, whatever it is, like there'd be some really, really cool updates that would be revolutionary. For sure. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So that's how I, I always view these. So I was kind of excited going into this one because I was like, this will be the you know the first time that I don't really, you know, that since we've been doing the podcast, that I don't really remember in detail what a sequel was like. But it'll be just like the old days where, oh, I played Doom 1. I remember that. Now let's see how much better Doom 2 is. So I was actually genuinely excited going into this one to see how, you know, how, how it was improved and all that. And... I was actually disappointed because wow. it doesn't really do much new or different. And in fact, some of it's not as good in my opinion as the first doom. Um, the, the graphics, I did, I could, I didn't notice a difference. I did not do a side by side comparison. It's been two years since I played the first doom. Uh, so I could be off here, but playing it, I was like, okay, this is pretty much what I remember the first doom looking like. No huge deal. Let's just play on and see what kind of new stuff they've added to the game. Well, most of the weapons are the same. For the first long while, most of the enemies are the same. Wow. And 
they just didn't do much. And on top of that, the the level. Well, I'll get to the level design in a second. They did add the double-barreled shotgun, uh, which. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, there's that. That's kind of a. That's kind of become a big part of Doom lore, I guess. But at the same time, it's just a double barrel version of the shotgun that they already had. I mean, yes, yeah. it is It is different. It, it, it is a different weapon. It fires more slowly and does more damage. So you have to take that into account. But, like, couldn't you, like, why couldn't you add some, like, go crazy and add some, like, really unique kind of guns to it and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. Um, there are a couple, there are like two or three new bad guys, I think. And you don't even encounter a lot of them until like a good ways into the game. There's one guy, granted they are pretty cool. There, There is the one, um, if you've played any of the newer Doom games, they're, they're a little bit more prevalent in those. Uh, they're these giant, not giant, but really tall, kind of like zombie-like monsters that have basically jetpacks, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're they're pretty cool. There's also this one that does this thing where he uh, just like raises his arms and kind of does like a sort of like a spell chant type thing, and it sets you on fire. That that's kind of unique. Um, there is the the um, what is it? Is it the Kako Demon? Is that the big single eye one? I think I don't um, know the name offhand. Yeah. Okay, Kako Demon. Yes. Um, that's the big red monster that has one eye and he's like a blob, like not a blob, but just a big round monster floating around. There is iconic ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's, there's a different ver there. That one's in there, but that was in the first one, but there's a newer version of that also in this one that, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it, um, if I remember correctly, it spits out those skulls that chase you. Mm. Um, and that's, there might be a couple others. Um, but there's not much more to it than that. Most of it is all the same old stuff. There's there's like humans that have kind of been turned. There are, of course, the the imps. There are the kind of bull type things that just kind of rush at you. And that's really it. And then you play the levels and the level design is just tedious. It's all based on... And now this is true. This was true in the first one to some extent, but they really ran with this and it was the worst part of the first one's level design, which is like making levels confuse, like confusing uh, and you, you have to figure out how to get to them. Like you got to explore all over the place to find a key. Yeah. And you got to go find the door. Right. And that one eventually leads to another key that you got to go find the door to put that one in. And some of them, it's more than just that. It's, okay, you got to find a hidden door to, to actually get through the level. Like, obviously, hidden doors are all over the game in the first one, too, but most of them are for secret areas that you don't have to find. Uh, it just gives you ammo and health or something like that. But this one, there's more places where you have to figure out, okay, oh, there's a secret door here, or maybe there's some sort of kind of minor puzzle to get to the next part of the level. It's just, uh, I, I really hate just running around trying to find a way, you know, if I've, especially if I've killed all the bad guys there are to kill, I just want to go to the next level. I don't want to have to like seek out a door or a key or something like that. Again, th this is in the first doom to some extent, but it was much less prevalent. Uh, I, even though I really liked the first one, if there was one thing that I would complain about in the first one, it was this and they do it much worse in this game. Mm. Ultimately it got to the point where I just didn't want to play it anymore. I got, I think I got, wow. 
about halfway through, maybe a little bit more than, I think I got about 60% of the way through the game. And uh, it was just, the more I played it, every time I played it, I, I realized that I was doing it not because I felt like it, but I was doing it more in the sense of, oh, I have to finish this because I'm playing it for the podcast and I want to play as much as, as I can to talk about it. Sure. Uh, and I just was like, eventually just like, it's not worth it. I, I feel like I've gotten all there is nothing from this point on is going to completely turn around and be like, Oh shit, the game was actually badass. I just had to get, I just had to spend six hours getting, you know, to the good parts. No, it's, I, I highly doubt that's the case. It was just, uh, it really, really started to feel like a chore playing the game. So I, I don't know if this is a common, uh, take on the game or not. I, I, I haven't really read any people's opinions on Doom 2 in a very long time. So I don't know if people who like the first one also dislike, if other people who like the first one dislike the second one just like me as well, or or if I'm just uh, an outlier or what. But for, for, for me, I really just didn't like Doom 2 very much, even though, like I said, I, I really liked the first one. So uh, that was a bummer. Uh, we got a few more that I can talk about here. Let's do, um, I don't think I'm going to go back to this one. I'm trying to think if there's any of these that I might go back and play more of. Um, I don't think there is, uh, you know what? We don't have a lot of time. So what I'll do is I'll talk about, uh, is I'll do a short one real quick. Um, let's talk about theme park. This one, this is a, uh, bullfrog game. I think, is it theme park? Yes, it is a bullfrog game. This is uh, kind of along the lines, as you might imagine, of uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. This came out in 1994 as well. And uh, it was for, you know, PC and all that kind of stuff. It was on a bunch of stuff. I remember when I played this, it was on PS1, I want to say. Yes, it did come out for PS1. Um, when I played this, I played the, the PS1 version uh, when I was younger. When I played it for for the podcast, I played it for Jaguar for the Atari Jaguar because I'm not really sure. Uh, I think when I bought mine, this was one of the ones that the seller was just selling with it. So I was like, and, and I and I and I remembered liking this one when I was little uh, when I played it on PS One or not too little. I guess I was probably thirteen or fourteen. So uh, I was like, what the hell? Let's give this another try. Let's let's see how it is. It's a simplified version of Roller Coaster Tycoon. There's no designing of actual roller coasters, and um, it's more—it's much more heavily based on just the kind of park design and management um, aspect of the game. You—you're not—you're not actually controlling. You're not actually designing the roller coasters themselves. Um, you have a number of different kind of buildings you can put up. You know, places that sell hamburgers or places that are rides or. Um, you know, making sure you have bathrooms and that kind of stuff. And, and also and, and hiring like mascots to walk around and keep people entertained while they're maybe in line or just walking around the park. You have to decide where the paths are going to be. You got to decide where the entrance and exit lines are going to be for each individual attraction, that kind of stuff. You can also get really granular um, setting prices for like French fries, for instance. Uh, okay, all of this stuff is also in Roller Coaster Tycoon. So it's not... Say. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really not doing anything that Roller Coaster doesn't, Tycoon also doesn't do. And also it's not doing anything better than Roller Coaster Tycoon, hmm. unfortunately. Uh, 
and then a, a big a big problem is you can so so despite the fact that you can unlock more rides and things uh, as you play when you start when I started the game I had four rides that I could build and four restaurants and that's it so if you want to build so you know if you haven't d- gotten the research yet or whatever it is to to unlock the new you know a new ride or restaurant or whatever it is that you're trying to unlock next then the only way you can build expand your park is just keep building the same four rides over and over again and the same four food stands over and over again needless to say this becomes extremely repetitive you're not really doing anything yeah yeah you're not really doing anything fun you know think of sim city you have like a dozen different things you can build and you have terrain to work around and that kind of stuff. Um, different transportation options. SimCity is an example of a game where that does it fantastically. Of course, as we all know, some of the mm-hmm. SimCity games are great. This is kind of like the antithesis to that. You got four of this type of thing. You got four of that type of thing. No terrain issues. Just, uh, just decide where your paths, where you want your paths. And, uh, you know, if you, if you, you know, make sure you're hiring enough people to, to keep the, the park clean and, and to keep maintenance up. And besides that, just keep building the same stuff over and over. And that's the extent of it. Obviously, like I said, you're going to unlock stuff eventually, but it's really not fun just doing the same things over and over again, waiting for other things to unlock. Um, also, it's like got a weird pricing system where it's kind of like nothing seems to line up. Like the price for French fries, you know, for instance, as opposed to, I don't know, like balloons, like, I don't know, weird thing. Like it's hard to get a chance to get an idea for how much you should be charging for individual things. And also you have an advisor type guy who's constantly telling you, which is helpful. He's constantly telling you that you're charging too much for entrance, you know, for, for tickets to get into the park or you're not charging enough, but it constantly adjusts based on your park. So he might say like, Oh wow, you're, you're way overcharging. Well, that's because you haven't built shit yet for your park. Like, just give me a second, dude. Let me build some stuff. So then you lower stuff, and then you build a few things. He's like, whoa, hey, you need to be charging a whole lot more. Uh, So it's it's kind of all over the place in that regard. Uh, Again, it's helpful that it's there, but, like, they needed to have, like, given him, like, an amount of time. Like, maybe wait five minutes in between things before you tell somebody to... to, Cool down. Huh? Give him a cool down. (laughs) Cool down, yeah, exactly. Um, there's, a, there are also, there's, a, there's he cares also, a lot about your park. Huh? He just cares a lot about your product. He, he does. I guess he really does care about you. Um, you can also, there's like a stock system where you can buy stocks in your park and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of interesting, but oh, that's cool. Yeah. But overall, uh, it just, there's no reason to play this when you have roller coaster tycoon, especially considering how limited, like maybe if you're a six year old and you're really, and you really want to play, a park simulator, sure. This is a very simplified version of it, but yeah, it just gets so old so fast because you build eight things and there's nothing new to do. Interesting. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's theme park. That one was a big letdown, but oh, I, I did that come out? Uh, ninety-four. Okay. I can't imagine too many people who want to play this game are looking for anything besides Roller Coaster Tycoon Two, anyways. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, I that's, thing. yeah. So that's just the go-to, and uh, and go-to that was confirmed the go-to when I, when I played this one. Um. Okay, Jay, let's jump into emails. Oh. 
We have two. First one is from Father Beast. Father Beast says, Hello, Classic Gamers. Uh, I know you guys aren't doing top fives anymore, but I wanted to participate in a previous one for the heck of it. It's the one about MMOs. Uh, he says he hardly plays them at all, and that Robert will probably complain that most of these are not real MMOs. First one is, uh, I'm going to cut this a little bit, sh I'm going to cut some of these descriptions a little short so that we have, so that I make sure we have enough time. Jay, you've got about 10 minutes, right? Yep. Okay. F number four, Evany. I got into this over a decade ago from an ad I saw when it was called Sivany, and I was into anything like Civ. This is a game where oh. you, huh? I was saying, ah, oh, sorry. Oh. This is a game where you controlled a city on an apparently endless map covered with cities most of which were occupied by other players. Some were NPC cities, and a lot of the mechanics involved sending raiding parties to NPC cities in order to obtain enough food to maintain a large army. The NPC cities would only restock themselves every eight hours, and I recall people threatening to go invade someone else that they thought were raiding, quote, their NPC cities. This is also a definite pay-to-win kind of game and showered you with loot boxes that you would need to buy keys in order to open. I never spent any money... And lost interest after a few months. But before he said the loot box thing, that actually sounded like a pretty cool idea to me. Yeah, um, loot, the loot box is instant turn off, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, Diablo. I admit this isn't a real MMO, but it's the first game I ever played online. Um, yeah, that's the one, honestly. I, I've heard people can compare it to an MMO as well, because especially it has like, it had like a really big community to it as well. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's like, even though you're only playing with four people and obviously it's not really an MMO. Um, it kind of is in a way, just yeah, for the exact re reason you said everybody is, mm -hmm. it has such a, such a big and in a way, like a different community from other, from other games like this. Cause you're exactly. always kind of comparing and, and you know, you're, you're like builds and stuff, even though, even if you're not playing at the same time, yeah. number two, dungeon runners. This was touted as a whimsical version of wow. I recall the highest speed of a weapon was ludicrous. Some of the weapons I saw people walking around with were pizza cutters, and the names what? of many bosses I would face seemed to have a similar naming scheme. Rattle toe, rattle finger, rattle beak, <laughs> and so on. I'm the kind of person who even plays an MMO by himself, just ignoring all the other people running around. It was okay, but I saw that the yellow and purple equipment was reserved only for premium members, the ones who paid money. Oh, okay, I drifted away. There it is. There it is. Path of Exile is number one. I really want to like this game, but... Okay, I heard about this free-to-play game and got into it. Of course, I just played by myself. I like the Diablo feel, and I progressed in the game until I was facing the boss of the first beachside re region. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking to, forward to all the loot this boss would drop when I killed him. Then he died, and the stuff started to hit the ground, and the game crashed. <laughs> Ouch. Ooh. I didn't get the loot. When I rebooted, it said that the pass was now open... But I want, but I wanted the loot, so I fought my way up to the mountainside again, killed him again, and the game crashed again. <laughs> Interesting. I'm really surprised by that. The guys who developed that game are are phenomenal. Like they they do a great job. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what I've, surprising. That's what I've heard too. Maybe he played it like really early on or something. Yeah, maybe. Path of Exile is an incredible game. I think it's a the Diablo style. I think it's the best of the Diablo style personally. I, I hear I hear that a lot. He says when the game when the game crashed when I killed him the third time. Oh, I no. just gave up and never went back. Yeah, understandably. Uh, here's something else. My New Year's resolution game has stayed the same for the last three years because I keep failing to play any of the games on the list. Me too. Um, well, I am at work 
I am out of work while I am awaiting knee surgery, and I thought maybe I could tackle that list. I played Grim Fandango. Specifically, I played Grim Fandango Remastered, which is a good thing since it seems that my fears of playing another game made in the same way as Escape from Monkey Island were quite well justified. Uh, well, the remastered version adds mouse support, which, which makes the game a lot more playable. The story is a lot of fun, with lots of cool characters. This, even though everyone is dead and is just a skeleton. I have to tell you about There's... this one scene, spoilers be damned. At the end of the first year, Manny, get, Manny, the main character, gets to Rubakava, a city partway on the way to the next afterlife. He gets a job mopping the floor in a diner, and the camera zooms out and looks at the sky. Then the words appear one year later, and we zoom back in on the diner, now transformed to a nightclub called Calaveras, and Manny is standing on a balcony in a white suit. Apparently now he owns the place. This may be the coolest moment in a game filled with cool moments. Some of the puzzles in this game are awful, and I got stuck quite a lot. Um, also, it's divided into four parts, and on the second part, I spent where I is where I spent most of my time in the game. Rubakava is huge as adventure game places go, and I actually got lost walking around the city. When I finally found my way back to the club, there were places I had been to I had been to that I couldn't remember how to get to. I, I think if I remember if I'm thinking of the same spot, I think I know exactly what you're talking about, Father Beast. Uh, and yeah, I hate it when there's when it's too confusing and too big to figure out where to go. Still, I think it was enjoyable overall, and the story and the characters are worth the headaches of fighting the game for. I recommend it. I might even go back and replay it. Uh, still listening, Father Beast. Father Beast, thank you as always. Yes, absolutely. We got one more. This one's from Chase the Night Cleaner. He says, uh, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here with another one of these emails. I hope today's show is going well. I got really distracted the other day when I remembered that Paul Rudd was in one of the first Super Nintendo commercials, the one that ended with, now you're playing with power. I don't know who Paul Rudd is. Should I Should I know this? I feel like... Paul Rudd hasn't aged in 30 years. That's actually incredible. Yeah, Paul, Paul Rudd's a pretty, pretty notable actor. Paul you should Rudd. Know who he is. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know Paul Rudd. Personally. He hasn't aged in like 40 years. Yes, since then. exactly. Like, kind of like Rob Lowe. Yep, or Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> um... This commercial got me thinking about all the video game commercials that I could ever, that I could remember and really, f and really feel like the Final Fantasy VII t TV spots are some of the best advertising that ever got aimed at me. Though the Super Mario Brothers 3 commercial, I think he means uh, the movie, just kidding, where all the children in the world wear different colored shirts in, in order to make Mario's face visible from orbit deserves an honorable mention. I mean, game trailers don't work on me as much anymore because I'm older and I've witnessed dozens, if not hundreds of games at this point that just didn't live up to the hype. In fact, I've noticed in some cases the same standard can be applied to cinema and films. I don't want to make your podcast too political, but feel free to compare the Rise of Skywalker final trailer to what was actually provided in the film. Which would you rather watch and which was actually more powerful in its delivery. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer, so I can't answer that. And I can guarantee Jay doesn't have an answer to that. one. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sorry. I haven't watched the trailer of the movie. Not, not my cup of tea. And that brings me to my question of the day. Can you think of an example of advertising and gaming that really lived up to the hype other than final fantasy seven or super Mario brothers three? I can't think of any advertisements. That's Jay? actually, uh, I'm trying to think as well. I'm trying to think what, what really sold me. I used to get game informer a lot, but I, I don't know. I honestly, for me, like the big thing, especially growing up, and I'm, I'm sure you probably felt the same way, the big thing for me that drew me into older games was the box art. When yeah. I was at uh, Blockbuster, if I picked up a game and I was like, oh, this cover art's interesting, and then I looked at the back for a while, I'm like, eh, this game looks like it's whatever, like not a big deal. But there were there were some box art that definitely drew me in. I don't 
I don't remember commercials really drawing me in too much over the years. Um, there are there are definitely some now, and I will say the thing that drives me nuts. This is what is one actually I complain about not really Steam, but just kind of marketing for video games in general. The big thing for me is when you watch a, a video for a game and they don't show you the freaking gameplay. Like they show you all those oh, like cutscenes and the music and the title art and the zoom in the characters. Like, bro, show me the gameplay. Like, I don't give a crap about any of this. I want to know if I want to play the game, and then. Uh, it drives me nuts. I'm like, just show me the gameplay. Just show me the gameplay. That's all I'm here for. That is, I, I do not get it. I, I know we've talked about this before. I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not. So apologies if we're retreading the same ground. But yeah, I don't get it. I do I do not get it. How yeah, can you be in 2021 and not have realized we don't give a shit about like the backstory or the, yeah, the cutscenes, yeah. the intro, I show me the gameplay. I want to know what I'm playing. Yeah. It's it's awful. I do not understand how developers don't get that yet. I don't either. It's crazy to me. And, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe it works. I don't know. But I will tell you, it is the most. I don't know. I don't think. For, I've read people who have done kind of like uh, not really in depth research, but like I've actually read people who have done some degree of research on it. And it suggests exactly what you and I were saying. People, okay. when they look at a trailer, they skip around to find the gameplay footage. Yep. It drives me nuts. Like, it's just like, show me the gameplay. That's all I'm here for. Just show me the gameplay. But I'm like you. I A lot of mine, my game buying was based on either I played the game at a friend's house and I was like, I got to have this. Or like looking at the box art. Yeah, 100%. And I got burned by the, obviously you can get burned by that, you know, as just as well, but that was that was how I did it. One that really stands out to me was Zardion for Super Nintendo X A R D I O N. If you pull it up, like the box art looks amazing. Even even the screenshots look amazing. But it was just such a dull game. Um, uh, finishing Chase's email. For me right now, I recall really liking the World of Warcraft celebrity commercials, which were really pushing the series years after release. What were the yeah. what are these? Uh, there was one they did in particular, which was with Mr. T. It was <laughs> it was like this really big campaign they did in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, maybe maybe it was a couple years later. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he he there were a ton of celebrities who played WoW throughout the years. Unsurprisingly, like it's the list of yeah. celebrities who have played WoW is actually kind of crazy. Mr. T did this thing where he played it night elf character, but they he he called it he played a night elf mohawk instead of saying like a night elf rogue or night elf warrior or whatever. <laughs> and so they actually made an in game item called like the night elf mohawk, and they gave you a mask so you could look like Mr. T in game. It was just one of those, they did the, like this series with all these celebrities and it was very successful was my understanding cool it wasn't like cringy because because ba- seeing world of warcraft celebrity commercials that sounds it awful. was at first it was at first and then when they started doing more and more of it it started to become like understanding that all these celebrities were actually into playing wow i was like oh okay like wow all exploded at this time so it was like such a breaching game that it was like okay it it, it was authentic like it definitely was a little bit uncomfortable at first but it, it felt pretty authentic at a certain point. Okay. Yeah. Um, he says these were really pushing the series. At that point, there was just so much you could do if you just jumped in and had never played before. And the grandiose scope of it all seemed really fitting with these little ridiculous endorsements. The recent yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen are a close second for me as they are quick, funny, and also kind of intriguing. I don't even know what Final Fantasy fourteen as he's talking about. Um, he says, and that's it for me. Thank you for this wonderful section of your show and all that you do. 
Cheers and talk to you soon. Chase the Night Cleaner. P.S. I found these two commercials that I didn't even know existed. And it turns out Squaresoft is the maker of the world's greatest games. Jay, I'll share these with you afterward. Um, Chase, thank you very much. Um, yeah, thanks, Chase. Yeah, I, I, can't, I don't have any great examples because I, I guess... I just can't remember many advertisements uh, of games and stuff I mean, like that. Didn't work, right? Huh? Didn't work, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jay, I know you got to go. Any current gaming subcast stuff you want to talk about? Uh, I try to think of anything else I'm playing right now. Uh, still playing Icewind Dale. Playing some Heroes of My Magic Three again. Sorry, I know I've talked about the game a lot, but I love that game to death. I, I was I was playing if I was watching Jay play it, gaming Jay. I was watching him play it on his on his uh, YouTube channel, uh-huh. and I'm like. Now I gotta play again. Like, why does he? Why do we have to talk about this game? So I've, I've been spending some time on that, but but nothing super extensive. Gotcha. How about you? Um, I finished Resident Evil Village. Oh, cool! What'd you think? Oh man, I'm not exaggerating. This is one of the best AAA games I've played in a long time. I'm trying to get Lisa to buy it because I think she'll really like it. <clears throat> she, like, it's it's really every like I could go on forever about how good this game is i feel like it's balanced perfectly the game feels great i feel like even like even the horror of it is balanced well it's not like it doesn't it's not so scary that it makes you just dread playing it you know (laughs) um it's not like amnesia where it's like you got to get yourself in the right mind space to just launch the game um it's it's got scary moments it's got like good nice it's got really good jump scares but it's not just constant and you don't just have this constant feeling of dread. It's like watching a horror movie. It's like you can enjoy the whole thing and you're going to get scared a few times. But overall, it's still fu- it's like a, it's a, a fun experience overall. Uh, it has like extremely memorable characters. Um, even the shopkeeper. Have you seen the shopkeeper in this game? He's, <laughs> is this the one you keep quoting? Oh, no, 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 no. The shopkeeper is great. Uh, Lady uh, Dimitrescu, or however you say her name, she's fantastic. Heisenberg, who's who's one of the bosses, is awesome as well. Um, it just has so much character. the The combat is good. The parts in between the combat is good. The puzzles are good, but not too difficult. the The monsters, like I said, they're scary. They're they're interesting. They're unique. Just I could go on forever about how good. Like this is. I haven't played a Resident Evil game since Resident Evil Four. Uh, something about this looked interesting to me, so I was like, I'll give it a shot. And like I said, one of the best just AAA games in general that I can remember playing in recent time. Uh, big recommend. And then real quick, I won't talk about it. We've we talked about it a long time ago. I played a, I, I went back to a game that that I know you like a whole lot. Cuphead. Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. I saw you play that on a Nintendo Switch or on the Switch Live thing. Yeah, yeah. It was um. I, I never beat it originally when I played it. I got, you know, I think I got to the beginning of the third island or whatever they're called. Yeah. And that was when I stopped that I probably just started playing other stuff. But uh, I played it all the way through this time. And it's still such a great game. Halfway. The, music game. the music's great. Uh, of course, the biggest thing is is the art. The art mm-hmm. is more than, art is probably yeah, 60, yeah, 60% of, of why I, lo- I love the game so much. Um and of course, it's you know the, the gameplay itself is is very difficult, but also you know pretty it gives you a really re- rewarding feeling when you beat the rewarding. bosses. Yeah. Um. So great game. I'm happy that I that I finally beat it. And uh, yeah, from, am I gonna do what? Are you gonna play on the harder difficulty now? No, no. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I've I've got my fill. 
time to move it's on brutal. to, to other It's things. absolutely brutal. Oh, I'm sure. To, dude, well, I, real quick, Resident Evil Village. I was checking out, uh, seeing what people were saying about <clears throat> it on Reddit and stuff before I bought it. Yeah. Um, people, I saw a thread where people were complaining that the brutal difficulty was too difficult. <laughs> I love people like that. Like, what the... Like, yeah, exactly. I love people like that. <laughs> like, what do you think? I, I was like, what am I reading? I felt like I was the crazy one. Uh, so um, she's playing Maddening in uh, Three Houses, uh-huh. and, which is the hardest difficulty, and it's called Maddening, and I just, I love listening to her, to her rage about it, because it's just so ridiculously <laughs> punishing and difficult. It's like that, like, if somebody was like, oh, this is so stupid, why don't they make this easier? It's like, it's called Maddening. Like, what, <laughs> do you know what this yeah. phrase means? Play on the regular difficulty. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up. Um, Jay, thank you for, uh, for, for... Uh, working out the time. Yeah, likewise. Shit, flexibility as always. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Real quick, Jay, we got to figure out if possible when the next episode is going to be since uh, it's game of the quarter so we can let people know. I know sure. you're going to be busy with World of Warcraft, but if you can pull your away, pull away at some time in June to do this episode, that'd be awesome. Yeah. When, do you want to, uh, let's see. Do you want to aim for like maybe the last Tuesday of the month, like the 29th? What about, well, what about, would it be possible to do the 22nd or is that just too much? Is that just too early? Yeah, we should both do that. Because that's, we- that's three weeks from if we recorded this on Tuesday. This- that's three weeks and one day from today. So that would okay. normally be the next time we would record, if that's okay with you. I don't want to f- yeah, force you away from World of Warcraft if if it's too much. Okay, then let's plan on June 22nd. That's too much. I appreciate you. <laughs> June 22nd for Game of the Quarter, Icewind Dale 2. Play it if you want. Email us your thoughts about it. And... uh Otherwise, email us whatever you whatever you want to. Anyways, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Sorry if we started to feel a little bit rushed at the end, but uh, we wanted to make sure we got this episode out uh, before World of Warcraft comes out. Otherwise, it would have been much more rushed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's all. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you guys in three weeks for Game of the Quarter. Take care. Happy Memorial Day. Bye, everyone. <laughs>